Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Never take the first step in a relationship. Sit and wait for others to make the first move. Number two, here's how to remain lonely. Create unrealistic expectations for potential friends. Wait for them to prove their worth before opening yourself up. Number three, avoid any small group at all costs. Never get involved, but stay safely hidden in the masses. God designed us to not try and do life alone. Life's difficult, and we shouldn't try and do it by ourselves. We are wired for companionship, not isolation, for intimacy, not loneliness. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. As we walk down this road today, you'll realize that you must first be a friend if you want to have friends. It's not a one-way street. What does the snapshot of your friendliness look like? Is it one-dimensional, or is it as God intended it to be? 3D. Listen in to hear biblical teaching on this important facet of our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 11 for part one of our message entitled, The Value of Friends. Turn in your Bibles. We're going to be in Proverbs, but we're going to start in Ecclesiastes. So you can turn there to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. The Bible has a lot to say about friendships. I was reading today, I thought it was great. It said this Nothing is more friendly in the whole world than a wet dog. <laughs> I'm going to have one of those at home. Friendly. You see, life can be like a dog and it's fun. It can be tough. And when it's tough, we need friends. Then there's just times where we hang out. We enjoy each other. What I want you to begin thinking about as we go through this is the kind of friends you have. Can you name them? How could you categorize them? Those that are kind of surface people and those that are really true friends. Lifelong friends, for a long time, been through a lot, seen a lot, but if you look in their faces, the kind of people you'd want to be around, because they're still enjoying life. You see, the Bible tells us that we were created for two kinds of friendships. First of all, we were created with a friendship with God, and then a friendship with each other. And I'm going to give you three questions that I want you to answer by the end of tonight's teaching. Life cannot be fulfilled 
without friends? I hope you can answer to these three questions tonight. All yes. Let's take a look at them. Is God your personal friend? Number two, do you have any good Christian friends? Not surface people, not people you know their name, but when it's the chips are down, you absolutely know you could count on them. And number three, do you have any non-Christian friends that you're a witness to, a sharing your life with? You see, a life without friends, good friends, more than surface friends, is a lonely life. Webster defines lonely like this, being without company, cut off from others, sad from being alone, producing a feeling of bleakness or desolation. Our world has changed a lot in the last generation because of transportation, basically, and the speed of which we live. In the old days, you'd grow up and your circle of friends might remain the same for your whole time. In fact, you might have generations. Some of us grew up up north, and probably many of you grew up up north. There's like two people that lived in Florida ever, born here, and the rest of us all moved here. But generations would stay there, and you'd have people from this generation. We, in fact, we had some friends else the other night we were just talking about. You'd work there, and your father would work in the same place, and your grandfather would work in the same place, and those days are over. So friendship sometime is really strained. Do you know tonight in this mass of people, lots rubbing elbows, umbrellas all over each other, still many lonely people. Most of you won't admit it, but you are. And one of the things we have to be very careful with in our church is that people are looking for relationships. They're tired of an empty life. They're looking for friends. And of course, that's why we built the commons in lots of other areas. But I want to challenge you tonight to think about friends. Do you have that two or three close friends? Are you a close friend to others? Do you have any Christian friends that are just, well, you know, they're friends, but, and that's all you have by name only? I want to give you tonight six guidelines to remaining lonely. I don't want you to write these down. <laughs> but I want you to think about them. Here's how to remain lonely. Never take the first step in a relationship. Sit and wait for others to make the first move. Number two, here's how to remain lonely. Create unrealistic expectations for potential friends. Wait for them to prove their worth before opening yourself up. Number three, avoid any small group at all costs. Never get involved, but stay safely hidden in the masses. Number four, continue to convince yourself that you are not worth getting to know. Work extra hard 
on your inferiority complex. Number five, constantly point out the faults of others. And number six, love things and use people. Don't bother making friends with people unless somehow they can increase your life. Well, obviously we don't want any of those. Solomon, a very wise man, except he didn't do very well following his own wisdom, gives us a real key in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Let's take a look at that, if you will. Chapter 4, verse 9. And you're going to see some really neat keys here as we go through this. Number one, let's take a look at verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. So you have an advantage with two doing the same job together because it helps in the work get it done quicker. Verse 10. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and he has no one to help him up. So if you have a friend, and there's at least two of you, in the time of trouble, there's help. It's reassuring. It's comforting. Verse 11. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. This is written for the up north folks, not for Florida. <laughs> One can lay down and keep very warm here. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Right, but that verse, you might want to write this word comfort. A friend is a comfort. Not only in verse 11, verse 10, when we have help, but we just sometimes need comfort. And then out, out of verse 12, write the word protection. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then, not only do we get protection with two of us, but Solomon adds a third one that's very interesting. He says this, A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So Solomon says if two is good, two friends are good, three friends are even better. And you can picture that rope working together. Now the opposite of that is also true. If you take those three strands of rope and you intertwine them together, that's what a friendship is. It's intertwining. It's allowing ourselves to be open and real. We, we just, we're all twisted up together. We're a unit. Really, that's what a church is. We're a unit together. Now, if you take that cord and start undoing that, you will separate all the strands. They will unravel and they will lose every advantage we just read. And you are alone again. No comfort. No help in the time of work. No help in the time of trouble. And always at danger. But see, the world basically is lonely. And they're looking for answers. God designed us to not try to do life alone. We are to open up and be real. The Jewish Talmud has a great saying. It says this, A man without companions is like the left hand without the right. It's a difficult life, and God says don't do it. So God designed us for companionship. 
not isolation. For intimacy, not loneliness. Now we're going to repeat this phrase a lot tonight, and I hope you're going to be saying it in your sleep. Together is better. Let's say it. Together is better. Now do you see when you say that, what do you have to do? You have to do this. <laughs> and for some of you, it's the only time you smiled so far. You see, being around somebody else brings good things out of us. We need it. That's what we're designed for. Now, let's turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 18. The New King James uses this verse different than the NIV. I like the New King James because obviously the point that I'm going to use tonight. It says this. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, there's a balance always in friendship. You don't want to be a friend that's a clinger, that the other person can't ever get away from you, that they're always, you know, the phone rings, it is always them. Somebody's at your front door, it is always them. You don't want to be that kind of friend. Because eventually that kind of friend wears their welcome out quickly. The opposite is the friend that's aloof and isn't open, won't ever call you. You always have to call them. We'll never invite you over to their house, always will come to yours. That's not true friendship. So we have a balance. But the King James says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now people complain quite often, churches, groups, clubs, so forth, they're unfriendly. But normally the problem lies within the individual. Uh, there are cases, certainly, where a church or a group or an organization can be unfriendly, a clickish, or whatever. But the best way to change that label, if you think the group that you're in is unfriendly, is be friendly yourself. Be a giver. Don't always be a taker. Focus on being a friend rather than looking for a friend. How do you do that? Well, you have to make the plans. You invite the people. You say, let's go out for something. You say, hey, we're going to go out to the commons. I don't know if they got anything out there, but I don't want to stand and look at the new cement. Come on out with me. Just be together. You don't have to do anything special with a friend. You can be comfortable with a friend. And that's part of friendship. Just being able to, to kick back and relax. Now, let me read this to you. Listen to it. I'll read it again. I went outside to find a friend, but could not find one there. I went outside to be a friend, and friends were everywhere. Let me read it again. I went outside to find a friend, but could not find one there. I went outside to be a friend, and friends were everywhere. You see, if you'll focus on being a friend, you invite them over. You spread yourself. You go out of your way. You look. That's what the King James says. A man who wants to have friends, a woman who wants to have friends, you extend yourself. And again, let me share with you. That's why the commons area. That's why the cafe. That's why the bookstore. All during the week. You want to meet somebody for lunch, and not unbeliever, wonderful, come on by. 
Kevin's going to have all kind of neat sandwiches, paninis, and all kind of neat stuff. All mango stuff. Man, he's going. He's got all this stuff. He's a chef, so you're going to have all kind of stuff. And you're going to sit there, and you're going to sit around a table or whatever, and, and you're going to have friendship. And you can talk about whatever. You can talk about sport. It doesn't have to be the Bible. You're just friends. That's why we built it. We're too isolated. Too many people come to church, zip right out. And I'm not just talking about tonight. If you have to go tonight, that's perfectly fine. But I'm talking overall. We don't take time to kick back and to spend time and to get to know one another. We live in an incredibly busy world. But for most of us, it's too busy. We have lost the intimacy of friendship. That's why we built it. Now, let's turn to Proverbs 13, verse 20. As we're being friends, and as we're looking for friendship, we have to be very careful. We have to choose our friends wisely. You must choose your friends wisely. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. Remember, this is God speaking. This isn't Carnegie book of how to get along with people. This is God speaking. He who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, wise doesn't mean an IQ of 290 and a fool of three. What it's talking about is godly wisdom, the things of God. How to live life right, from God's view, with God's value. A person that doesn't put their relationship with God first in their life, the Bible calls a fool. Not that they're an idiot, but they're living by wrong values. They'll never enjoy life. So that's what it says. So in life we have casual friends. Acquaintances, lots of friends at work, whatever. And that's fine. They can be any kind and they will be any kind. But when it comes to the few close friends that we have, the ones that we really count on, we need to take special care in choosing them because they are going to be the ones that have tremendous influence on our lives. Notice in this verse, Choosing unwise friends will cause us harm and trouble. Turn, if you will, to Proverbs 22, verse 24. As you're turning there, you might want to write it on your notes, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. And it says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. It would be nice to say that always the reverse was true. That good character straightens out bad people. But often, the individual who is of good character is the one who is changed, not vice versa. Now in Proverbs 22, verse 24, we see this. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man or woman. Do not associate with one Easily angered. Well, why not? What's the danger in it? What's the big deal? Well, God tells us. Or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. It's a famous saying that says this. Show me your company and I'll tell you 
the man. In other words, by the company you keep of close friends, I can tell exactly what you're going to turn out to be. That's an interesting thing, isn't it? You, you see, Solomon says, be careful with these people who have, you know, any little thing, woof, just blows them off. Now, we all get angry. But if you're always angry, you don't want to be around that person because eventually it will rub off on you and you'll get yourself in trouble. You know the amount of violence we have in our homes today? It's because of anger. Now, anger usually comes, by the way, there's another sermon, just I throw this one in free. <laughs> anger usually comes from unforgiveness. So you can think of your life, if you're always angry, we'll talk about that in a moment. Now, when we surround ourselves with the wrong kinds of friends, life will not work right. So if you're close friends, I'm not talking about your casual friends. If your close friends don't have the same values that you have, you're in trouble. Because they, even worldly values, Christian, if they're a carnal Christian, you're in trouble. Because that will rub off on you. And you must be careful. Now, that does not mean that we are not to have unsafe friends. We are. The Bible commands us to have unsafe friends. The problem is this. We are to be around them, we're to be loving them, we're to be serving them, we're to be inviting them to church, we're to be encouraging them, we're to be everything we can to be. We're to be like Jesus to them. But we cannot allow them to be our role models. Do you see the difference? We have to be around them. And you'll find out that most people come to church and come to God because of a friend. So we have to be around unsafe friends. So don't leave here and say, well, I got unsafe friends, I can't be around you no more. My pastor said you're no good and I'm not going to be around you anymore. That's not true at all. But you can't take the lead from them in your life. When they say to do whatever and it's against what you know is right, you have to say, no, I cannot do that. And you have to love them, you have to be with them. Notice Jesus was called, interestingly enough, by the religious system, a friend of sinners. That was one of his tags. But he never allowed them to get him off course. If you're a carnal Christian, you better be looking for mature believers. A bunch of carnal Christians hanging around together that don't have any desire for God are going nowhere. In fact, you'll drag each other down. So we have to choose our friends wisely. Choosing good friends, notice, if you choose unwise friends, it's danger. So look at the reverse. In that verse, choosing good friends will improve our character and our lifestyle. So if you want to be successful in the areas of life, then you have to have friends that are going to move you that direction. Now, you can't define that at work. You can't define that at school. Today's message really hits home because if you're living and breathing, you're most likely involved in some sort of relationship. Pastor Mark referenced Ecclesiastes 4, 9-12, where it says in part, Two are better than one, but a cord of three strands isn't easily broken. Ropes can save, or they can strangle, just as unwise friends cause trouble, but good ones improve our lives. Don't forget, bad company corrupts good character. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 4011, and the title of this message is The Value of Friends. Again, today's message number is 4011. And the title of this message is The Value of Friends. Make sure and tune in to the next message where Pastor Mark continues his examination of what the Bible has to say about friendship. He'll share keen insight on how we can avoid unhealthy relationships that will only wreak havoc and result in failure. You won't want to miss what's in store as he reveals essential elements necessary for relationships that are divinely designed to improve your life and sets you up for success in this world and the world to come. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting world. Lord, let us hear.